0: That's blue Nile.com.
2: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martino Navratilova.
3: I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Winka I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy
2: Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
4: Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. This is our very first Daily Wimbledon podcast of 2017. I'm Catherine Whitaker. I'm joined by David Law. We are both working for BBC Radio 5 Live this week, and it's been quite a first day. Hasn't, hasn't it? it?
2: It's been great. I, I've really enjoyed day one of Wimbledon this year, I must say. Loads has happened. I've just come out of interviewing Heather Watson, who went through to round two. Other British players have won through. Uh, Joe Conter has won. Andy Murray won. couple lost early on. Loads of other players.
4: Hang on a second, you haven't mentioned Stanford Rinker. That was what I was going to lead with. Until an hour ago, I was going to lead with Andy Murray and how surprisingly uh, fit and healthy and in form he looked today against Sasha Bublik, the showboating Sasha Bublik, I think. You were right about that. <laughs> I was goodness. right about him. His game plan seemed to be hit tweeners. Um, And drop shots. But I do believe we should lead with the shock defeat, or is it a shock defeat, of the fifth seed Stan Vrinka struggling with a knee injury but nonetheless outplayed by a certain young Daniil Medvedev who loves to play on the grass and obviously loves the big stage and just performed brilliantly today.
2: Yeah, he was he was just cold-blooded out there, wasn't he, Daniel Medvedev? And we, we did a, a Facebook Live for Eurosport this morning, and we were talking about the, the match on the podcast last night, but I think we actually got round this morning having had a night's sleep and being in the queue together on Facebook Live. We were talking about how we saw it as 52-48 in favour of Stan Wawrinka. I'm
4: annoyed now because I so nearly predicted the upset, but I just wasn't feeling brave enough, so I sat on the fence and I just said, ''Oh, I think he could be in trouble.''
2: Yeah, Which, that was know, a sort of David Law type yeah, prediction. Yeah, it really
4: wasn't it? was Law esque, and I'm really annoyed with myself now. Well, so you should Could be. Have myself so disappointed. Well, I did know Kim was pregnant, though. So well, you did wavy clothes.
2: You didn't, there was no telltale signs <laughs> for Stan Vavrinka. <laughs> no,
4: there weren't. Except that he looked so unhappy on the practice court up until now. I hadn't seen any particular indicators of the knee injury. It's difficult to know how big a factor that was today. We haven't heard him in post match press. Yet, I rather suspect that there were other bigger factors at play. Daniil Medvedev being a very significant one because he could do something here, Yeah, I think. there's
2: something very secure and confident about the way he is. He's assured the way he goes about his business. And in his post-match interview, I heard the Flash interview on court, he was basically saying, you know, this is what I've dreamed of my whole life. He kissed the grass at the end of the match and he said I know that people normally do that when they win the title but I've never won a match here before so I was going to take my chance. It's
4: not a bad way to start your Wimbledon career is it with a victory over the number five seed And uh, it's going to be really interesting I mean Stanford Rinker it just felt like to me maybe he just feels like everything's stacked against him here as I said he just seems irritated when he hits the grass irritated that he's picked up this niggle with his knee irritated that he's been bumped down to number five seed number three in the world of course there is an enormous difference between being fifth seed and being third seed in between being fifth and being fourth it means you're going to meet one of the top four seeds in the last eight. it does but rather i mean than the last four. he's
2: gone out to medvedev who whose ranking isn't a huge amount to write home about is it it's just a simple fact that this guy is comfortable on grass i think that-
4: it's going to be something to write home about pretty soon though
2: yeah, well, uh, wasn't it? it Was you told me that it hits his favourite service, Medvedev? And is he, is he the only Russian player surf. who says I that? I think he is. His I've been racking my brains
4: today. I do think it is, and yeah. he loves to play chess. That's what Vassilis Alexander kept telling us oh, during his commentary today.
2: Off some fantastic little facts. <laughs> a lot on of those flight, came from they?
4: me. You know, it was Gigi and I who spent a lot of time with Daniil Medvedev Did you at Queens one a couple him? of weeks ago and consider ourselves Daniil Medvedev. Oh yeah, experts. we have the
2: exclusive interview, <laughs> we don't do. we? So do go back and listen to the Queens uh, <laughs> Tennis Podcast if you would like to listen to an exclusive interview that Catherine and Gigi did with Daniel Medvedev, who's a very charming guy, actually. He is, he seems yeah. to come Thoughtful, across Thoughtful,
4: interesting, smart, says he's got angina. Composed. He does have angina, which, which is extraordinary. Is... That's a pretty crippling illness. I mean, look, I don't know enough about it to start talking about how it may or may not affect him tennis-wise. It didn't seem to today, but that that has to be one of the most significant chronic illnesses that a current player is dealing with. Obviously, we have Venus Williams, who we'll talk about a little bit later, dealing with what she does on a daily basis with Sjogren's Shog- Syndrome, but angina, that's a, yeah. that's a biggie. I've
2: not heard a player suffer from that before, but as Vassos went through, he said, uh, what else can we tell you about uh, Daniel Medvedev? I didn't know he'd got the sort of little crib sheet from Gigi and Catherine sitting on his knee uh, as he reeled off, well, he's into FIFA, he likes playing chess, and he's got angina. And, and the, the rest of us in the in the studio were just like, "Did I hear that?" Right? It was a
4: real mixed bag of facts, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs>
2: real mix. Anyway, bag. that's Daniel Medvedev. That's Daniel how tall Medvedev. is he? Six five ish.
4: Tall. He's tall.
2: Yeah, not tall to me. Uh, mm. And
4: Stan Wawrinka is out. So yeah. uh, should we talk about Andy Murray, who also faced a hashtag next gen star today, who had a rather different attitude should we say to his moment in the sun on Goran september it was, was not about winning was it it of, wasn't
2: uh, about winning his his drop shot execution and liberally sprinkled number of them i mean goodness me we must have been up to double finger fi- figures in the first couple of games
4: which in principle as a tactic against an Andy Murray who as Pat Cash pointed out in your commentary limped to the baseline to serve in the first game he really did as soon as the rallies got going the limping stopped but he was limping around the court um, against a guy that is limping all over the place and, and has the hip saga going on going into the match a drop shot is not a bad tactic you just got to do it more smartly and execute it better you can't just spray drop shots and every you, you can't just alternate between drop shots and tweeners and expect to win a tennis match
2: no, you need a few more things in your arsenal than <laughs> that. I just
4: think he wasn't bothered about winning. I think he just thought this is is it. all bonus. It's all about the experience. If the other bloke happens to fall over and retire, great. I'll play or another one just of these matches. Hit
2: six hundred drop shot winners.
4: Really, who cares? I'll treat it as a one night only performance. Yeah,
2: no, he had a great time clearly out there. But it, I was amused by Andy Murray afterwards because. We were all watching, and in fact Stan has just been called into the media room. We're standing yes, we're right we're awaiting
4: outside. the influx, well, the outflux, outflux isn't right the word. We're awaiting the rush s- of journalists the as they walk past the stampede. No, that's we're the waiting idea. for all
2: the journals to go into, are there, in fact there's a few of them, it's not that many. It's a very many.
4: carefully chosen spot where we record our nightly podcast because yeah. we do tend to get good foot traffic.
2: That's right. And in fact, there are people walking past and winking to us as we, uh, as we watch them go we into their stand for They winking David. They're not winking uh, at, at me. press conference. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, we stand outside the press room and wait for people to go into press conferences. But yeah, Andy Murray, after the match... In his press conference, I was quite amused. You know, we've all we've all watched so closely as this guy has limped around the practice court. You spent five days doing it, didn't you? And, uh, you know, he, he's clearly, or at least he's looked, as though he's been very uncomfortable. He said, to, he, he was asked about, it. Uh, I think one of the journalists, Andy Dunn, actually, who often does uh, football, um, came in and said, you know, you still looked, even though you were moving well during the points, you still looked between the points as though you weren't... Like an old man. <laughs> well, weren't completely comfortable out there. Oh,
4: yeah. That's one way of putting it. And
2: he he, he he looked at him, he said, thing is I'm not doing anything differently to what I always do. As, this is I mean how he I does walk.
4: always hobble.
2: Yeah, he, he said does. he said, I don't know whether it's just because you lot are looking more closely. I mean I or think we are maybe, all looking pretty closely. Maybe, his I've, left hip, yeah. maybe I've subconsciously started to do it. But as far as I'm concerned, that's just how I walk.
4: Can I just have he says, I'm not
2: in any pain at a all. moment
4: to pay tribute to the straight face of Andy Murray when in his post-match flash interview with Lee McKenzie of the BBC, he was asked for his final question in a lot of detail about the fact that a tabloid newspaper had encouraged the nation to rub his left hip collectively at the same time on Thursday afternoon. And he just kept a 100% straight face and stared her down it's as she was quality. asking that question. It was <laughs> extraordinary. I'm sure it will be played again uh, on the highlight show tonight. I'm sure it will be played far and wide. I it also was- enjoyed
2: how she held kept it with the question she didn't back off she just kept going
4: she didn't know it was so easy to back off and you know he was probably smiling inside he's yeah. just well we assume he was smiling inside uh, but he looked he looked pretty good didn't he it was difficult it's difficult to tell against a guy playing like Alexander Bubly well that's
2: that's what Goran Ivanovic in the commentary box was saying you know yes he looked fine but he wasn't playing a proper player is effectively what he was saying because this guy was not playing normal tennis. He was, he was showboating, and it was fun to watch, but it's not a proper test.
4: Good preparation for playing Dustin Brown in round two, though. Well, yeah,
2: it is, and it's going to be similar, although this guy has got rather more spite to, to his weaponry. I mean, I, I do remember, this, this is a terrible... Uh, anecdote of name dropping uh, proportions here but I remember the, the first time those two played each other I think it was probably about five years ago at the US Open and we'd, we'd heard a lot about Dustin Brown the flowing dreadlocks all the all the rest of it the trick shots that he likes to hit so I, I was sent out to try to find out as much about Dustin Brown as I possibly could I got to know one of, one of the people in his support team who invited me to sit in the player box during the match with a microphone.
4: This is grotesque, And David. to report
2: on it live. And I'll never, I'll never forget it. I sat in there and he'd got rows full of, uh, of his friends and, and, and family behind, uh, sitting behind me, making the most extraordinary Maybe racket. they weren't
4: friends and family. Maybe they were just other reporters that had been invited to
2: sit in the box. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was. Maybe that's just a thing. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I remember in the first game of the match, Dustin Brown hit a, a big serve, followed it in, hit a... a a slam dunk smash winner and then just eyeballed Andy Murray just stood there stock still in the court and stared him out
4: as if he was being asked about his hip being robbed on a tabloid newspaper
2: Uh, similarly and Andy Murray just stood there Stared back. Oh, crikey! It was it's giving a, me the shivers. It was just, brilliant.
4: Just David's impersonation yeah. is giving me the shivers. And, and, and
2: then Andy Murray just, uh, proceeded to absolutely dismantle him thereafter. Well,
4: that's the thing. Andy Murray does take a real pleasure in dismantling that kind of player, yeah. doesn't he? So I it's think going to be good fun. That as makes. tricky as it could be, I do think it will bring the best out of Andy Murray. And I Can do I just give one other
2: anecdotes from that. Andy Murray? Oh
4: crikey! Go just on then, David.
2: <laughs> Who, who's coming into drop the spirit
4: Drop those names.
2: I don't know who that it's was. It's only anyway. someone
4: in interview room two. can't okay. be a big. Well, we don't, we don't bother about, about room Okay, two anyway, people. so
2: Andy Murray in his post match interview with, um, with Russell Fuller. Is this uh, about Peppa Pig? It's, it's about Peppa Pig. Oh, this was h- a highlight I've heard of the far day. Too for much me. about Peppa Pig today. Well, I'm going to introduce you personally to Peppa Pig because uh, Peppa is fantastic, as any parents of a, a four-year-old will tell you. And what Andy Murray has discovered over the last uh, year and a half since his daughter Sophia was born is that you can put Peppa Pig on, and it's allowed because you've got a kid. And what you discover as part of it is actually it's pretty funny and uh, and he was played a direct message from pepper pig uh, giving him good luck I've and he heard was, it david yeah, I've and heard he was it. he was asked to respond to this and he said
4: he, he did <laughs> not see that coming did he, he said
2: uh, yeah well that's that's really nice thanks pepper <laughs> what
4: did you um, say to that
2: he said that and then he also said yeah I, I i like it there's always a couple of little lines in there for the parents and i I'll sort of you know I, I, my wife will say to me why are you laughing and he'll say well you know it's a, she's the, she's like yeah mom. well
4: you and Andy Murray are two of a kind because I would like to point out that David Law's children are 5 and 7 and he was still telling me how much he enjoys well, still today finding and I'm reasons pretty to watch sure it that Peppa Pig is aimed at children significantly younger than five and seven. So I've got my worries about what David Law does with his limited spare time. Younger, but anyway, younger heart, I digress. Young at heart. <laughs> I digress. What else has happened today? Tell oh, me.
2: Oh uh, Well, what else has happened? I mean, the first hour and a half, from a British perspective, wasn't particularly good because Laura Robson lost heavily, badly. Heavily,
4: heavily. It wasn't no. good.
2: Uh, and then also, in that first hour and a half, really sad to see Nick Curios retire after two sets. I mean... You know, the feeling was, it's, it's his choice, but it just felt like, why are you out there? Why well, he are you, said why are you at playing? Queen's,
4: didn't he, after he retired from his first round match at Queen's, he said, I'll play Wimbledon even if I'm injured. And he, he obviously meant yeah. it. And uh, Look, it was really disappointing to see. We were talking yesterday about the fact that he was playing another injured bloke in pierre Bay. He just turned out to be less injured. The only thing I was pleased to see was just how gutted Nick Kyrgios looked to have to retire yeah. in the first round it's sad, of Wimbledon. It? It, is, it, it, it is sad, but I'm pleased that he finds it really sad as well. That's the only... Nugget of comfort that I can find from it. It's good news for Andy Murray because that's his gone from well, that, actually, him gone from that and section. And his
2: section of the draw, um, someone was pointing out on the show, I think Jonathan yeah, Overend is Vadasco's gone. Yeah, all of these players have just disappeared from his section of the draw. Vadasco, who pushed him yeah. to five the year he won Wimbledon. Suddenly, the first year. I
4: mean, it was only about two and a half days ago that the speculation was that Murray wouldn't step out onto Centre Court today to defend his title, and now everyone's got him in the semi finals. <laughs> Well, I That's have included. Yeah, um, I got my so predictions in with, with fifteen shows minutes how to go. Bizarre and pointless. Um, talking about tennis for a living can be, but let's press on anyway.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, don't turn the podcast off just because we're talking about don't tennis. Turn and the frankly, off. we've just told you it's a waste of time. Yeah, just
4: a quick word on Laura Robson. Really bizarre one because she said how much afterwards she was looking forward to sort of getting away from here and getting on to the hard court swing in the states. And surely you've got to be trying to relish a Wimbledon wildcard, even if. You don't feel your best or whatever. I mean, it, it, Defense was, a tu- mechanism, I it think. was a tough watch today. She, she was making errors that weren't anywhere close to being in. You know, the margin of defeat was massive. It wasn't a few points here and there. She was way, way off.
2: She was very candid about how nervous she was, wasn't she? And, and,
4: and I isn't? feel for it. Who well, I,
2: I, I really feel for anybody I in that too, position, but you know?
4: I just think it's a worry. I think it's I think it's a big worry. She maintains that she's still extremely motivated. We have to take her at her word, but it just feels like a long, long way back still for Laura Robson. Naomi Brody on the British female front also crashed out today. Bit of a weird one. Irina Camelia Bagu, very solid opponent, 64 in the world. I was up uh, in the commentary box watching that one out on court 14. Okay, Begu is a tricky opponent. She is very, very solid, and she was very smart at exploiting the weaknesses in Emu Brody, which is the movement. But still, I think she just didn't get going, Brody. She came out looking calm and focused, and then just just ebbed away, and she never really found it again. So I. I think she's going to feel particularly disappointed with that. Cameron Norrie, the other Brit to go out today, it was a, it was a tough draw for him. Yeah. Songa, who is my pick to play Murray in the quarterfinals, looked pretty really good. And mine, Yeah, because you've just copied my predictions. No, I haven't.
2: I did them without any sight of your predictions. I mean, what am I going to copy yours for? Just because you're move ahead of me on, in the shall we? What else standings. has happened?
4: Petra Kvitova, couple my of wobbles. My pick for the title. Your pick for the title, a couple of wobbles in the first set, but she was basically great. I thought. I mean, she is leathering the ball. It's a terrifying sight. Did you know I've got
2: Kvitova against Vanderwey in the final?
4: Who'd be a tennis ball?
2: Who'd be a tennis predictor coming up with that? So you've got eh?
4: Vanderwey beating Plushkova?
2: Yeah. What am I doing? She hasn't even won her first round yet. And I've already gotten her in the final. Interesting.
4: Well, I've got Plushka beating Bandaway in the quarters. Oh, anyway, okay. all of these predictions will will be available um, for, mocking. for your delectation and soon irrelevant yes. as well. Uh, David predicted Ash Barty in the quarterfinals while we're on the subject.
2: But moving on.
4: <laughs> I mean, I predicted that she would okay. beat Svitolina. That was my upset watch for the day. Yeah.
2: Oh, well, I got a couple of my upset watches right because I said Kyrgios would lose today, didn't I?
4: He didn't lose, though, did he? Kind
2: of did. He's not in the draw S- anymore, don't is he? I think
4: we count injury-based losses, David. What else happened today? How Joe Conto.
2: Yeah. Joe Conto was actually a heck of a lot better than I thought she would Me be. Me too. It was a bit of a wobble early on. I think she, she exchanged a couple of breaks. But I, I was sitting with uh, Naomi Cavaday when that match was going on. We were doing the Heather Watson match. And... I, th- I, th- I think you and I might have spoken about it as well that I, I, I still feel like the jury is out or at least the jury was out on Joe Conter as to whether she was going to suffer at Wimbledon the way that Sam Stosa suffers in Australia, the way that Amelie Moresma suffered in France. And look, the evidence is that Joe Contra has not won many matches here, but her opponents have been so tough, Maria Sharpova, Agnieszka Radvanska, last year Eugenie Bouchard, that you kind of every time you kind of say, well, benefit of the doubt. This year, sixth seed, she's supposed to get to the quarterfinals by ranking. And I just wondered whether today all of that expectation might cause uh, some problems I think what no did she chance. win 6-2 six, 6-1 six, or something it was like that very
4: impressive it was the performance of a six seed in the first yeah. round of a slam against Great an unseeded player really fantastic to see yeah and yeah. I feel slightly better about my dodgy prediction that she'll make the final
2: is that what you've gone for I,
4: I have yeah
2: as oh, I, I say, I don't Kvitala feel particularly strongly you. about
4: it. I've got her beating Victoria Azarenka in the quarters. And on that subject, Azarenka is on the cusp of going full of in the decider against the oh, really? young American CeCe Bellis. That was a not before 5pm. And they she managed to squeeze her it her. onto court number one. Yeah, she was a set in a breakdown was Azarenka. CeCe Bellis, re- she's a confident young lady, yeah. Bellis. She was really using the crowd. The crowd that sort of naturally uh, were leaning towards Azarenka at the start of the match. But they were quite won over by uh, young CeCe Bellis. But Azarenka is now four love up, so it looks like she is progressing towards the second round, which is nice to see. Over on court two, there's a match still going on. How about this for a scoreline? 6 1, 1 6, 1 all at the moment between Carlos Suarez Navarro and Eugenie Bouchard. Yeah, and
2: I'm not hugely surprised about that. That was following the Watson match. Incidentally, while that Watson match was going on, uh, there was an Aliash Bedene Ivo Karlovich just gone into a fifth set match going on well
4: it's not All still on, on my it's not still on my current results i'm looking for it, it must have happened my, my current schools it right. must have
2: well it was four time breaks on, in the first four sets i'm so looking into well, the Kel fifth surprise set david so uh, yeah it was very exciting stand to, by
4: uh, keep s- talking david <laughs> See Stand how by that went.
2: and uh, i was sitting next to naomi cavaday who's the coach who's the sister of the coach of aliash Bedene, nick cavaday Okay, Fun David, packed. I
4: have the result in front of me. Oh, who's won? Well, you tell me. I think that
2: Ash- Bednay's won.
4: He won 8 6 in the fifth. I'll tell you what, yeah. that's a biggie for Bédonay.
2: Oh, look, there's Tommy Haas, who's the oldest player in the draw. He nods right. towards me. He's 39 years of age. I hope he's won because he I've just name won, dropped David. him. And he just looked at me as if to say, "Yeah, so don't talk to me right now." Just walked
4: past after losing on his way to talk about losing in a press conference room full of people. And yeah. you've pointed out loudly that he's the oldest man in town.
2: I have, and he's acknowledged that fact. And fortunately, I know him just a little bit—not very well, this but enough to not get nutted.
4: Central. This is not yeah. what I was expecting today. Any other results to report? Rafael Nadal was barnstorming against John Millman. Awesome? That's precisely what we expected. Well, absolutely it, awesome
2: I think we expected him to win and you, I think you said he would eat him for breakfast I did, he did which, eat him for breakfast lunch and, lunch, and dinner yeah. oh we did the and, same joke uh, there David we did spending definitely too much time we together are spending
4: too much time together uh, but
2: I was still surprised pleasantly by how quickly he hit his stride weren't you?
4: I wasn't surprised, no, because I've been watching him in practice all week and that was precisely what That's I expected to see. That's why he practices that hard, isn't it? It is. It's just That's groove. why he, wants he groove on. even harder in practice yeah. so that hitting the ball as hard as he does on the match court feels like nothing. And yeah. it's not nothing. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Uh, Venus Williams won today against the very plucky Elise Mertens uh, and she came into press afterwards and completed what was a very challenging and emotional press conference in front of many many assembled media it's a topic we didn't touch upon yesterday it's obviously a very sensitive one because there are open court cases certainly an open civil case there are no criminal charges at all to speak of at this stage the police are looking into an incident that occurred four weeks ago involving Venus Williams in her car in Florida and an incident in which the police say she was at fault Uh, A 78-year-old man subsequently died following the accident two weeks later, which was two weeks ago now. She's clearly extremely upset about it. We can't comment on the incident at all. That's literally as much as we know. We can just comment on the fact that it's something that surely is Going to affect Venus Williams during this tournament,
2: yeah. She wrote about it on her Facebook page today, I think, or last night. She was asked to uh if she wanted to elaborate on what she'd written in the press conference, and frankly, she was unable to, to speak anymore. Um, she she broke down, and uh, and it was it was yeah, it was very upsetting to see. And yeah, there's not really much more to say, but it was uh, it's clearly a uh, A very very difficult time for her as well
4: indeed dealt with very well i thought by the moderator in that press conference no idea who it was but if you're listening well done because that was a tricky tricky situation having someone sort of break down and also she she's she seemed happy enough to talk about it she wasn't on the i mean she wasn't delighted to talk about it but she wasn't on the defensive didn't shut it down it wasn't like you know oh no no don't don't ask me about that she wasn't defensive she just was too upset really to to give anybody anything so it'd be interesting to see how she progresses she was many people's pick maybe not necessarily for the title but to go deep here uh, we're going to have a little look at the order of play for tomorrow. But first, I'm just going to wrap up a couple of other results because I feel like I should mention the fact that Marin Cilic won today because David Laws picked him to reach the final here. Yeah,
2: I have, yeah. And I do realise that that means that in seeding terms, he would have to knock off first Andy Murray in the quarterfinals and then Rafa Nadal in Which the semi. Which I
4: find laughable, but... Well, not laughable. I mean, he's playing great. Right. I find the Nadal one laughable. How so? Well, we both saw Nadal today.
2: Did you see Marin Cilic destroy Philip we saw some of it, Yeah. Well hasn't happened yet, has it?
4: None of it's happened yet. Don't no. know why we bother with these predictions. Uh so I'm in a Hallep one today. Uh, what else have we got? We mentioned Heather Watson's Svitolina. we've mentioned Biden, Madison Keys look great today. Really pleased to see that. Kena Shikori one, Sybil Cova one. Uh, what's his name? Denis Shapovalov. He lost out on court number seven this morning.
2: You were out there a bit, weren't you? I
4: was out there. He won over so many fans. He'd lost to Jerzy Yanovich in four sets. He just couldn't cope with the serve of six-foot-eight-inch Jerzy Yanovich. Didn't his they have a
2: bit of a row?
4: Sort of. It was a very good-natured row. On paper, it looked like a row. The transcript of the row was reported on Twitter, which was... Um, Shapovalov querying a call, saying it was a foot out, Yeerrzy Yanovich going it was out it, it was in mate, so shut up, and uh, then Shapovalov going i 've heard enough from you, dude, <laughs> 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 but it was quite it was said like with the slights, it was also with a slight smirk
2: I mean with, with all due respect to Dennis, who we love dearly here on the tennis podcast after his charming uh, uh, days at queen 's Club. Don't mess with Yanovich. He's six Crikey foot eight. No,
4: I mean, and he when he gets a look in his eye, it is terrifying. Yeah. I was sat crouching in front of his sort of sometime coach Gunter Bresnik, which is a bit of an awkward one actually, because Bresnik works a little bit with both Shapovalov and or Shapovalov. I know I have to say Shapovalov, but I just love the way Shapovalov rolls off my tongue. It's
2: not up to you, I know. Catherine.
4: I know. Anyway, Shapovalov. Uh, Breznik works with both Shapovalov and Yezey Yanovich in the off-season when he has some spare time not coaching Dominic team. But he seemed very much to be cheering on Yanovich today. I felt a bit sorry for poor old Dennis. But anyway... Janovic was looking very much in my direction because Gunter Bresnick, whose foot I actually sat on midway through that match, was sat just behind me, uh, and it was it was like I was being stared down by Damien from the Omen. It was
2: terrifying. Because of, because of sitting on the foot, or
4: no, no, by Yosi yeah, just his just his stare, whether positive or negative.
2: How did you get out of the foot issue? I,
4: I apologized right. um, graciously,
2: and that went all right, and ran away. Okay. <laughs>
0: Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in.
4: Now then, we are a tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. And The Telegraph uh, has got a rather intriguing thing going on at Wimbledon this year. They've teamed up with IBM and they have enlisted the help of an artificial intelligence platform. I've not had to speak about one of those before, David, so I'm going to take this slowly. They've enlisted the help of IBM Watson, which is an artificial intelligence platform, I'll say it again just for effect, Um, which has analysed... A quite spectacular quantity of data from this year's Wimbledon. It'll be analysing it as it goes along and it's gone back through all sorts of archives, analysing. There's something like sort of 300,000 data points or something. I don't know what a data point is, so I'm just going to leave that hanging in the air. But it's analysed a lot of data points on various different subjects pertinent to a tennis match, such as. Passion, for example, and that's the one that we're going to talk about today. How big a factor, how quantifiable passion is in a tennis match and how big an impact it has on a tennis match's result. If you want to see how various telegraph journalists have interpreted IBM Watson's data, you can head to the Telegraph website. Jamie Murray has also had his say. He's doing several columns throughout the week based on whatever IBM Watson is throwing up. I think passion's a really difficult one, David, because it unquestionably does have an impact on a tennis match, on an individual player. But A, it's completely unquantifiable. And B, it's not always visible or palpable, is it?
2: No. But, and and what I love about it is it, it can show itself in so many different ways. You could get somebody who has just an incredible period of a match where they feel enthused where the adrenaline is flowing and you can see the passion that they have for the game but that may be just a temporary thing I always think back to, to when I was a kid watching Jimmy Connors and how outwardly he would show his emotion how you didn't need to question how much passion he forgot for the game because his fist was pumping every five minutes you know and, and John McEnroe has always said I don't know any player that's ever tried as hard as Jimmy Connors but then you look at a guy like Bjorn Borg and you don't see a flicker of emotion outwardly. But you cannot tell me that that guy has not got an enormous amount of passion for the game. Look at what he did. Six French Open titles, five Wimbledons, many of them in the same year. And we think of what Raphael Nadal and Roger Federer achieved by managing to do that and, and how an incredible an achievement it is. And that's what Bjorn Borg did. So where where do you where do you sit on that i mean i th- i think if you were if you were to look over the the length of a player's career like Roger Federer he's played more than half of his life as a tennis player so he might not be giving it the jimmy connors fist pump but he has shown a passion for the game to just keep wanting to play it for for so long in his life
4: well and also Roger Federer is a particularly interesting example because showing outward passion can be very helpful to some players John McEnroe a good example of that he now admits in his retirement that he used to sort of look for something to get angry about in order to fire himself up in a match where some players it works very negatively for. And Roger Federer, in his junior days, was an example of that. Was I'm giving you an opportunity here to name-drop Roger Federer, David. Enjoy it. Uh, Roger Federer was a great example of that, wasn't he? In his junior days, yeah, because in his, his racket young was career, flying all over the place. he was extremely demonstrative, but it was counterproductive for him. So he's taught himself not to be less passionate or to care less, not by any means, but just to show it less on the court
2: yeah no you're quite right he has gone through a complete change in his manner on the court and it has gone in different varieties because for a while he said after he was throwing all the rackets that he went to within himself and then he's found the balance that has led to well in conjunction with extraordinary talent and commitment 70 what is it, 18 grand slam titles now that Roger Federer has won but the hashtag is what makes great what makes a great tennis player and passion is obviously a key part of that because if you don't have it you're not going to play the sport but measuring it because it's
4: such a demanding sport because it is such a demanding sport I mean the margins are tiny so you can't afford to fall down in any area and I think Passion is one of those. Passion is also a word that can be expressed in many different ways, isn't it? You could call it commitment. You could call it drive and motivation. I think it's sort of a coverall term, but however you want to look at it, it undoubtedly has an impact On a match, I love that people are trying to quantify it and analyze it. It I'm not sure. I'm not sure we feel able to, David. But if you want to have a look at what IBM Watson is doing, you can head to ibm.com/forward/slash/wimbledon. If you want to have a look at what the Telegraph has to say about the data that IBM Watson is producing, go to the Telegraph website. And if you just want to hear us, not particularly well analyse some data not particularly well in our own uh, non-scientific way then just keep listening to the tennis podcast <laughs> how great, about that? Great
2: idea and, and have your say <laughs> on Twitter hashtag what makes great tell us who you think the most passionate tennis player you've ever seen in your life I d-
4: do you know what I d- I, there's not going to be any That I, I feel like that's Stirring a big old pot. I That's a pot recipe stirring. for arguments. Brilliant. Isn't it?
2: All the more reason.
4: Who is the most passionate tennis player of all time?
2: How about Rafael Nadal? I mean, come on, every single well, point yeah. the guy's keyed in. But it. Anyway. But then it's
4: not just about. Yeah, okay, That's well, look, it, it's, it's a great point of debate. We've got. We're, yeah. We're, it's, it's a good way to raise debate, isn't
2: it? Isn't it? I think we'd better have a look at the order of play for tomorrow.
4: The order of play for tomorrow is out. It starts off on centre court with Angelique Kerber. Of course, we've got no Serena Williams this year. So last year's yeah. finalist Angelique Kerber will kick things off on centre court. She is of course the world number one. So started I started to look fitting. a
2: bit more like herself in esports. I
4: feel like we've said that before this season, though, David, haven't we? Once or twice.
2: I'm an optimist, Catherine Whitaker. Pref
4: will be in the pudding. I don't expect her to be troubled by Irina Falconi. I have to say, but how far she'll go, I don't know. I- Having said that, what am I talking about? I've got her in my quarterfinal lineup, so... I'll that, just,
2: that's happening.
4: I'll just shut up. I think I have um, as well. Followed on to the centre court by Novak Djokovic, who takes on Martin Klijan. Not a bad player, Klijan. Has had some good Spectacular results.
2: Spectacular player. He, he, he will just go for it. And I remember, I think he managed to... He certainly went a set-up on Nadal a few years ago. Um, didn't end up winning, but... Didn't he play Andy Murray a few weeks ago as he well? He did,
4: at the French Open, and uh, it was pretty um, spicy. Spicy is how I'd put it. He's very uncompromising, Martin Klijan. I think in his head, he thinks he's a top ten player in waiting, and yeah. he's frustrated with himself. Who was that you bloke for? he had
2: a big row with at the French Open? Remember that? He also oh, fell gosh, out with he somebody. did. It was a
4: French bloke in the first round. Was it Matthias Borg?
2: No. He but it, it, was somebody, it was somebody I remember him having a big old ding-dong was with. Is it
4: Laurent Lockerley? No. I'm just throwing out French names.
2: Just stop throwing out inaccurate names, Catherine. It Let's was just stick French, with what we know. It
4: was a French wild card, and boy, did they have a bust-up.
2: Brilliant. So him against uh, Djokovic, Djokovic is 2nd shot. And they'll be shot. followed on centre think?
4: court by... I think Djokovic is winning. They'll be followed onto centre court by Dolgopolov and Federer.
2: I love watching Dolgopolov. Me too. I can't say his name, but I love watching it. Dogopolov. Dogopolov.
4: or is it Dolgopolov it's
2: Dogopolov, is oh, what for goodness it is sake. I'm, I might have to commentate on that
4: for goodness sake oh it'll be great I hope you do it'll be absolutely it'll Dolgopolov be a great match Dogopolov against Federer's Shepa-Valov. gonna win in three but three very good entertaining sets yeah, that's no, what I, I've got
2: I, I, I think you're right court
4: number one Milos Raonic last year's finalist against Jan-Leonard Struf. I think that's a decent draw for him Raonic not in the greatest of form, lost early at Queens. So very interesting. Karolina Plushkova, my pick for the title, against Evgenia Rodina. Dominic Team, Vasek Pospisil, upset alert. Oh, yeah.
2: Now that one could be, couldn't it?
4: I've got upset alert on there. I just think Dominic Team both doesn't, enjoy the grass and just in his head has it that I can't play on grass I just think he thinks I don't fancy it we're talking about a guy that lost to a player ranked almost 300 in the world uh, 1 and 2 was it 1 and 2 or 2 and 3
2: 2 and 3 I 2 think. and
4: 3 in Anatolia last week what he was doing in Anatolia is anybody's guess he Out did on meet court the, the two. Duchess
2: of Cambridge today he did, did Dominic apparently he was a hit of
4: Dominic team and the Duchess of Cambridge was the top item on the Daily Mail homepage today it was pointed out to me i'm not a regular visitor of the daily mail homepage but it was pointed out to me and apparently dominic Team was quite mortified by it there were suggestions just because they caught the duchess at a particular moment they smiling. framed it at, it's smiling exactly they they captioned it as Duchess of Cambridge uh, swoons in front of the uh, the handsome Dominic team or something like that and I think probably everyone involved is thoroughly mortified court number two Del Potro, Kokonakis that's one of my picks I'm sad that one of them has to go
2: what do you mean it's one of your picks?
4: just for a good match
2: yeah will be a good match won't it? well hopefully will we if they're both fully fit
4: uh, Radvansky, Jankovic Shardy, Burdick who's winning Del Potro and Kokonakis oh, I think you've got to go Del, Del Delpo, Potro yeah Del Potro
2: just, Match tough.
4: Match tough. Uh, Edmund Ward, the All Brick clashes on court number three. Magaruth is on court three, as is Verev, who we've both got in the quarter finals against Federer Davis.
2: is playing a player I'm told hits the ball unbelievably. Alexandrova,
4: or is it? Yeah. yeah,
2: whatever you like. Catherine, you seem to be making up name rules as, as we go on, so, you know.
4: Um, and, yeah, that's probably... I mean, obviously, there's thousands of matches on tomorrow. I won't bore you with all of them, because I'm sure everyone has access to the internet or the Wimbledon app. <laughs> but those are my highlights. Yes. Coco Vandeweghe, David Law's pick to reach the final, yeah. is out on court 18 I, shared against t- Mona I spent Butter.
2: time with Pat Cash to I'm name-dropping again. Sorry, oh, everybody. Oh, my goodness. It was in the commentary box. What am I supposed to do? He was chatting about Coco Vanderwey who is now coaching and he's made a believer out of me what what can I say not that I need much convincing
4: this was the name dropping tennis podcast brought to you in association with the Telegraph and with Eurosport our first of 14 daily podcasts we'll be bringing you from Wimbledon 2017 and we'll be back tomorrow